This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. I was an infantry officer during the Vietnam era. During that time, I saw and heard some very bad things about how America was supposedly making our world safer. As I said then, and as I'm saying now, it's time to bring our troops home. Bring them home from Somalia, Iraq, and Syria. Bring them home from Germany, South Korea, and Japan. Bring them home from Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Oman. Bring them home from Niger, Chad, and Mali. Bring them home from Turkey, the Philippines, and Northern Australia. It's not enough to pull American troops out of Afghanistan, America's longest, bloodiest, and most expensive war to date. It's time that we stop policing the globe, stop occupying other countries, and stop waging endless wars. That's not what's going to happen, of course. The U.S. military reportedly has more than 1.3 million men and women on active duty with more than 200,000 of them stationed overseas in nearly every country in the world. Those numbers are most likely significantly higher in keeping with the Pentagon's policy of not fully disclosing where and how many troops are deployed for the sake of operational security and denying the enemy any advantage. As investigative journalist David Vine explains, and I'm quoting here, although few Americans realize it, the United States likely has more bases in foreign lands than any other people, nation, or empire in history. Folks, don't fall for the propaganda, though. America's military forces aren't being deployed abroad to protect our freedoms here at home. Rather, they're being used to guard oil fields, build foreign infrastructure, and protect the financial interests of the corporate elite. In fact, the United States military spends some $81 billion a year just to protect oil supplies around the world. The reach of America's military empire includes close to 800 bases in as many as 160 countries operated at a cost of more than $156 billion annually. Again, as David Vine reports, and I'm quoting, even U.S. military resorts and recreation areas in places like the Bavarian Alps and Seoul, South Korea, are bases of a kind. Worldwide, the military runs more than 170 golf courses, unquote. This is how a military empire occupies the globe. After 20 years of propping up Afghanistan to the tune of trillions of dollars and thousands of lives lost, the U.S. military may have finally been forced out, but those troops represent just a fraction of our military presence worldwide. In an ongoing effort to police the globe, American military service people continue to be deployed to far-flung places in the Middle East and elsewhere. This is how the military-industrial complex, aided and abetted by the likes of Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and others continue to get rich at taxpayer expense. Yet, while the rationale may keep changing for why American military forces are policing the globe, these wars aren't making America and the rest of the world any safer and are certainly not making America great again and are undeniably digging the U.S. deeper into debt. Indeed, war is bankrupting America. Americans have thus far allowed themselves to be spoon-fed a steady diet of pro-war propaganda that keeps them content to wave flags with patriotic fervor and less inclined to look too closely at the mounting body counts, the ruined lives, the ravaged countries, the blowback arising from ill-advised targeted drone killings and bombing campaigns in foreign lands, or the transformation 
of our own homeland into a war zone. That definitely needs to change. The U.S. government is not making the world any safer. It's making the world more dangerous. It is estimated that the U.S. military drops a bomb somewhere in the world every 12 minutes, believe it or not. Since 9-11, the United States government has directly contributed to the deaths of around 500,000 human beings. Every one of those deaths was paid for with taxpayer funds, that is, by you and me. Not only is the U.S. government not making America any safer, it's exposing American citizens to alarming levels of blowback, a CIA term referring to the unintended consequences of the U.S. government's international activities. The 9-11 attacks were blowback. The Boston Marathon bombing was blowback. The attempted Times Square bomber was blowback. The Fort Hood shooter, a major in the U.S. Army, was blowback. The U.S. military's ongoing drone strikes will, I fear, spur yet more blowback against the American people. The latest drone strike reportedly killed seven children ages 2 to 10 in Afghanistan. The Warhawks' militarization of America is also blowback. James Madison was right, as he said, no nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. And as he goes on to say, James Madison, Of all the enemies to public, liberty is war, perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops the germ of every other. War is the parent of armies, from those proceed debts and taxes, known instruments for bringing the many under the domination of the few. Well, we are seeing this play out before our eyes today. The government is destabilizing the economy, destroying the national infrastructure through neglect and a lack of resources, and turning American taxpayer dollars into blood money with its endless wars, drone strikes, and mounting death tolls. Clearly, our national priorities are in desperate need of an overhauling. At the height of its power, even the mighty Roman Empire could not stare down a collapsing economy and a burgeoning military. Prolonged periods of war and false economic prosperity largely led to its demise. As historian Chalmers Johnson predicted, and I'm quoting here, the fate of previous democratic empires suggests that such a conflict is unsustainable and will be resolved in one of two ways. Rome attempted to keep its empire and lost its democracy. Britain chose to remain democratic and its process let go its empire. Intentionally or not, the people of the United States already are well embarked upon the course of non-democratic empire. This is the unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex, that President Dwight Eisenhower warned us more than 50 years ago not to let endanger our liberties, our democratic processes. We failed to heed his warning. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, there's not much time left before we reach the zero hour. It's time to stop policing the globe, end these wars without end, and bring the troops home. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute. 
by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.